Hi and welcome to Effin Hormones, the podcast about perimenopause and beyond. It's basically me, my three mates, Bina, Terry and Helen. We are all navigating our way through this tricky old time of perimenopause, menopause and all the other things that can happen at this time of life. In fact, we always say perimenopause and beyond because there are so many things that can go on. And to be honest, it can be really hard work to work out what the hell is happening. We must point out we are not medical experts, but what we can do is get together, talk about it and try and have as much of a laugh as we can where we can. Now, we've got a bit of a different episode for you this month. One thing you may notice, there's a bit of sucking noise going on. <laughs> that is not me. That is baby <laughs> Neve sucking her thumb. Hello, gorgeous. So if you hear any... Hello, gorgeous. Hi, If Helen. you hear any gurgling, <laughs> snorting, thumb sucking or screaming, it's generally not us four. But we can't guarantee it. Well, it, 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 it might be <laughs> Helen, but you know. <laughs> it might be no, it's beautiful baby Neve, yeah. who is gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She's making her recording debut this month. Um, but also different this month, you're going to hear from our very first Effin Hormones couple. You're going to hear from JB and Sharon very soon. They're so amazing that we decided to dedicate most of this episode to them, to be honest. Uh, but first, let's hear from the gang. Helen, Terry and Bina are here, whoop, whoop. along with baby Neve. She'll be contributing lots, but uh, nothing you will understand. <laughs> so we've already recorded with JB and Sharon, recorded the other night, didn't we? What did you guys think of the, of the chat? Well, I'm just going to point out that um, I know JB and mm. my previous incarnation as a radio producer because... JB is a poet. He's also from Salford, which is uh, very much a city in its own right, right next to Manchester. So if you're not in the northwest of uh, England, look it up, because JB's a very proud Salfordian and he'll want me to point that out. Yeah. And so he used to ring the radio station and send him poems. And um, so I know him and, and I've actually booked him for events, for like charity events. And he's fantastic. He's a bit of a rock and roll poet. He's been on tour with bands. But we were just coming to the end of our second series Right about six months ago now. And um, JB got in touch and told us that he'd been listening to the podcast. Yes, he had, Neve. He had been listening to the podcast. And um, that he loved it. And he'd been get, he'd got his wife, Sharon, to listen to it. And then he sent us a poem, didn't he, girls? Mm, Do you remember? Yeah. And I remember when you sent it to us and I was just like, I was just quite stunned, actually. Yeah. Because at that point, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure we even thought anyone was listening. <laughs> And then oh, for this God. fellow to send a poem, but with such a meaningful story behind it, I, I remember just going, wow, wow, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it was quite, it felt, yeah, it was quite the honour, really. I just remember being quite shocked that men were actually listening. I thought it was just, uh, it was mostly women, but uh, it was it was quite refreshing. It was like, oh, mm. there are guys listening. Or one, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, shocked, yeah. but in a good way, because... <laughs> It's all very well speaking to women, but actually we really want men to be listening to this podcast yeah, so that more totally. people on the planet understand what we're going through at this time of life. So it's really important that, that men are listening, actually. So that was quite refreshing to hear that, wasn't it? That they 100%. found it and listened as a couple. And, you know, I hope more I hope more couples are doing that, actually. I'd love to hear from you if you're, if you're a couple listening. That would be great. Yeah, definitely. A, they loved the humour and, and they were laughing along to everything, but B... JB was is the first guy actually to really kind of get in touch and say quite a lot to us. You know, we have had other guys like tweeting us and saying that they're listening and so on. And when he put that poem out, you're going to hear it later because we asked him to read it out for us. The response that 
he got from other guys going, yeah, I feel that way too, I feel that way too. So I can't wait for you to hear this interview, quite frankly. I think as well, I think it was one of those interviews where I was laughing and crying. Mm. You know, it was there was a point where, um, again, the people listening will hear where we were told a story and I think there was just a point where we were just sat in stunned silence and then mm. and then I think just the banter between them is beautiful as well like mm. that humor and that warmth between them is just so it was just really apparent and it was beautiful to hear and I think the other thing that was beautiful was that they went there and they would talk they did talk about the sex lives a bit didn't they or, or, or lack thereof but you know they went there and talked about it and I think we've always been a bit shy in the past about talking about libido or changes in libido and how it affects True our relationships that. but yeah. actually they were very honest about talking about their sex yeah. lives and how the menopause had changed their relationship really so it was a really really fascinating interview wasn't it I've never heard so much talk about socks before if I'm honest <gasps> still shooketh <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you hear what we're talking about. Anyway, Tessa, you've got something to say, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say it's just so important that more couples can talk about it, really, especially, you know, when we hear statistics coming out that 60% of divorces are among the age groups of 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds. You know, it just... Menopause mm -hmm. must and perimenopause must play a part in that in some relationships. So um, you know, I think it's it's it it reminds us the importance of just talking to to people around us, to colleagues, to partners, breaking mm -hmm. down the taboo, but also breaking down the the isolation that a lot that a lot of women feel. And we'll, we will we will hear that from Sharon. But that that really struck me that that level of isolation can drive people to to a despair. But if you're ever feeling like that, please, you know, please don't suffer in silence. Please talk to somebody. But that was the thing that, that just really hit me. So please do stick around and listen to this interview because it's fascinating. There are some really funny bits, but we also do need to put a trigger warning in here because the upcoming conversation also discusses suicide. Now, please remember, if you're in the UK or Ireland and you need to talk, call the Samaritans. Their number is double one six one two three that's one one six one two three and they're always there day or night in the rest of the world please do look up your local mental health number okay gang thank you right let's hear from jb and sharon hello, hello. our first couple very exciting <laughs> oh well thank you both so much for joining us um sharon it'd be rude not to start with you really um, so hopefully you're okay to talk a bit about your journey. When was the first time when you thought, hang on a goddamn minute, my body is doing something, I am not expecting what the frig is going on? Well, first of all, Emma, I must admit, I feel as if I'm talking to royalty here. <laughs> I'm a bit of a fan <laughs> because I have been listening to your podcast for a long time. So first of all, I'm not going to mention... Uh, vaginal dryness. Oh Please no! Feel free if you want to. <laughs> and I won't be mentioning anything to do with Enya. So let's get that out of oh, the way no. before we get no Enya. Enya, Terry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. Shame. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel a bit of a fraud because I, 
there's, there's so many women that are going through this, but this is my own personal journey. We're all unique. We all have different journeys, really. But I see my menopause, I see it as a ma marathon. That's how I see it. So basically, it started subtly. I was going for this lovely jog, enjoying the crowds, enjoying the scenery, you know, and, and just embracing it. So yeah, I'm doing all right here. Then all of a sudden, I hit the wall. Painful. I had to trudge through it. And then sprint finish, where I collapsed on the floor and I was struggling to breathe. That's how I see wow. my menopause. Um, and I've, I've just gone over that struggling to breathe, really. So that's at the point where I am. But it's, it's been really difficult, really difficult. And it's not just affected me. It's affected my relationship, you know. So I'd like to think that we've got a really strong relationship, Debbie and myself. But he's been on this journey, journey himself as well. Um, you know, he's seen his wife completely break down and I'm, I'm known really as a, 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 you know, if you knew the woman before the menopause, I'm a complete, even now, I'm still a completely different woman. So before the menopause, before perimenopause, most people, and I, I'd like to think that I was a very strong female, not hard female, like men like to say that we are. I was strong. There's a big difference there. And focused, hardworking, motivated, successful in my job, confident, all of those things. And then I've lost it all. You know, that, that journey has made me lose a lot of me. And that's what defined me. And all of a sudden, I've had to rebuild that again. So it's been really, really difficult. And when we first met, all of those characteristics of me that defined me is what JB was attracted to. Mm. And JB, what was it like from your point of view then? What was the moment where you thought, gosh, there's something going on here that I don't understand and I'm really worried about my wife? Uh, I think I, the best way to explain it is when I first met Sharon, I was in a very dark place. I'd split with an ex and, and she, she reignited a spark within me that I thought was gone forever. You know, we've got an amazing... I mean, we were married now. We weren't married at the time. And still an amazing marriage, you know what I mean? But this fire was burning. But then I seemed to see... the fires kind of it sort of died gradually to an amber to what I always think of as cold ash just on a tray and I just thought that was me and I started to think oh you know and, and there was comments made by me and which didn't help but I didn't realize they weren't helping and I was getting really paranoid and I was thinking I was even doing things like wearing certain things I knew she liked I was doing probably more things which is probably actually getting on her nerves because I didn't realise at the time it doesn't matter what you do, it's not you. It's the way she was feeling. And, and, and to be fair, I don't think she knew how she was feeling. I beat myself up for so long thinking it was, there was something wrong with me. Was I not doing enough? Was I not giving enough attention? Which is, I knew I was. Um, I, I was very self-conscious, as you do as you get older, because every relationship goes through. You think, oh, do not fancy me no more. I know we're not... I know we're not 14 at the youth club, you know what I mean? But you start to question everything. You look at yourself more and you say, oh, I just need to do that. She likes a certain length of beard. And when I shaved it, I used to keep it. And I hate having this, you can see it now, this stubbly beard, but she likes it, so I keep it. You know, I'd shave it off. So I'd do that more and concentrate on that. It doesn't make any difference because the way she feels, the way she feels, it's not her fault. And it's not just libido you're talking about there. It's a full, like, personality change, I guess, um, which is something that a lot of us have experienced, I guess, isn't it? It is, yeah. It was There were some of the things she was 
some of the things she was saying were, were, were frightening, really frightening, <clears throat> you know. Um, like what? Uh, well, you know, she for the first time in all the time I'd known her, bearing in mind we'd been married about four years, but we'd been together 10 years, she was talking about ending her life. This wasn't the person I met. If anybody was going to say that, I'm the anxious one. I'm the one that has the depression. Sharon never had that. And I was like, oh, well, I, I, no, this is not right. This, this is frightening. And when you hear your partner saying things like that, heartbreaking. That must have been really, really frightening for you, JB. Sharon, if, can we go back to you and just maybe talk in a bit more detail about the specific symptoms that you had? Like, you know, where did it start and like leading up to that really concerning and dramatic point? What kind of symptoms were you experiencing before you yeah. got to that point? Well, I mentioned the marathon. So right at the very beginning when it, when it started, I was a late starter, actually. I'm talking 47, 48, where I became aware of subtle changes that were happening. And funnily enough, the biggest change was things like rhinitis. All of a sudden, I became asthmatic. And quite often when we talk about the menopause, uh, the first things that come into mind is, you know, uh, hot flushes and your periods start to stop or wane away, etc. But that didn't, wasn't the case for me. And so it was really difficult to comprehend that this was, there was a connection. The only way I could link it to the menopause was I, I was becoming quite asthmatic five days before my period. So I thought there must be a hormonal link there. So I started to research myself. Um, because the doctors didn't really grasp it at the time. And after a lot of research, um, there is a such thing as hormone-related asthma. And wow. so I knew then that there was something going on about my hormone imbalance. So I went to the doctor. They, they talked about um, hormone-related. They didn't know that much about it. They pretty much discarded the cause behind it, but they they gave me, you know, nasal steroids, um, fexofenadine, which is a histamine, and also the puffers, uh, which I'm still on today. And so I, I cracked on with that and got it, you know, to a point where I could live with it. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, the hot blushes came in. I thought, ah, now this is a symptom I do recognise. And, you know, the periods were starting to wane. And, and I, I thought, yeah, I must be going through the menopause. But what I wasn't really prepared for was during the physicalities of change, it was the mental change that was the most biggest battle for me because, you know, I am very strong and I'm very motivated, you know, that this is what JB's been saying. And to lose that, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a profession, I'm a deputy head in higher education, you know, so I had to be quick thinker, finding solutions, you know, dealing with problems on a day-to-day -day basis. And all of a sudden, I became this shelf-like person who was all of a sudden, I'm a natural introvert anyway, but all of a sudden really difficult to talk out in conferences to, to actually um, challenge students and, you know, make important decisions. And I, I couldn't do it. And so all of a sudden, this um, profession became a, a little bit of a nightmare to the point where I, I don't think I, I can continue working. I think it's really difficult for all of us to sort of recognise the symptoms of menopause, but it must have been extra difficult for you because it's amazing how much we learn on this podcast. I've never heard of anyone having difficulties with breathing and, and getting asthma as, as a mm. symptom of the menopause. So it must have been really, really hard for you. Yeah, yeah. It was so, there's so many different 
challenges along the way. But because of my inability to be able to work, that is when I started to crumble because I started to dread going into work. And all of a sudden, I, I can remember coming home from work. It wasn't a difficult day at work. We were into most days. And I was in the car and I thought, I want to die. I, I, can't, I can't go on living like this. I feel no emotion. I feel empty inside. Nothing excites me anymore. Nothing anger me, angers me anymore. I just feel dead. And so I got home and I was in absolute tears. And JB said, what is wrong? I said, I don't want to live anymore. I, I, I can't do this. I, I can't be bothered to breathe. That's how it got to me. You know, it was, it was horrendous. And then funnily enough, it was JB who said, you know what? There's this Helen, <laughs> who I know from some previous uh, BBC and everything yeah. else. Radio um, incarnations, and, yeah. Yes. And uh, she's, you know, a group of fabulous women who started this podcast. So I've got a 40-minute journey to work, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. I quite often ignore what my husband says, because my love is a bit rubber. Too right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to and I'm He's going to say, thumbs up, everyone. He's agreeing. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It was listening, researching, understanding that actually I'm not alone, and there is other people out there. And it just, the podcast felt like a warm hug. Oh. oh, that's thank you. Oh, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Mm. <laughs> I could cry thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, it really, really, honestly. And I went to work and those feelings, those horrible feelings didn't go away, but I felt hugged. And it was the next day where I actually thought, I'm going to ring the doctor. I can't carry on like this. Wow. And I was really honest and I just Bless said, wow. if you don't see me today, I'm going to take my life because I can't. I can't deal with this. I know I'm going through the menopause. I need something. So this woman was really good. And she says, come on in. This is the HRT. I know the listeners have had difficulty obtaining HRT. They gave it to me straight away. And although, you know, it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't get rid of everything. I don't want people to think HRT is this magic pill because it isn't. But what it did do was stop me from committing suicide. Wow. Gosh, Sharon. That's how strong it was, you know. So, yeah, it was quite a journey. But we've had laughs along the way because when I married JB, it was basically marrying Renter Clown. He's my mad, he's my daft, he's my crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we can still laugh about it as well, you know. Oh, my gosh, I feel really emotional after you saying all that. I've got absolute goosebumps. Um, thank you, because I think for us, like we, I mean, when we started this, we were like, it was lockdown, it was Zoom. We were all a little bit miserable, I think it's fair to say as well. And that, and that laughter that you talk about, that's sort of been a big part of this, I think for all of us and that sort of not feeling alone. JB, uh, how does it feel for you hearing Sharon tell that story? Because, I mean, you've been there and you've lived that, but I can see that you're getting emotional just hearing that again. I mean, when Sharon tells you that story, it's really it's really powerful. That must have been so tough. Mm. Yeah, you, you probably did see me wiping my eyes a few times because I'm a big soft pudding. Um, but that's love for you. You know, if you love somebody and you see somebody struggling, whether it's family, friends, 
your partner, your mother, father, whatever. Um, it's very difficult. Um, and, and, and also as well for me, I think I've always considered myself knowledgeable enough to be able to help and, you know, a bit of a smart ass, you know, I, I've got the answer. But I didn't have the answer. And that was the problem. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have the answer. Um, and it's very easy to say to somebody, oh, you know, uh, it's going to be, look at what you've got, you know, you, it doesn't make any difference. It didn't make any difference. And, and then it was very, very difficult. Um, and as, as I alluded to before, this was a very strong female, um, a woman who was uh, a lot stronger than me. Um, and, and if anybody was the one that was, you know, the anxious one or one that got upset or suffered in any way, it was me. Suddenly it was her and I, I struggled with that because she was my rock. And suddenly I felt like I had to wind in my own problems, if that makes sense. Because, yeah, it makes perfect you know, she, sense, yeah. She, she was struggling, yeah. And to listen to her say it then, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. But, you know, it's not, it's, it, I'm, an, I'm aware of it, of course I am, you know, but to, to listen to her. Um, but, you know, she says about, you know, the, 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 the comedy in our relationship. You know, I am a class clown. I always have been. You know me, Helen. I've been on the radio with you. We've done stuff, and Emma knows my stuff. And a lot of that is a front for what's for everything else that's going on in the background. People see you as this performer on stage, and I, I do funny stuff. I do serious stuff as well. But um, it, it's you know, uh, it's tears of a clown, really. You mm. know, it's it's very difficult to deal with when the one you love is struggling, as as the poem says. You know, well, um, we're going to hear that yeah, poem in um, a bit, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess you must have felt really frustrated because you were desperate to help Sharon, aren't you? And you're desperate to make her better and you don't know what to do. But I guess in some ways you have because, you know, you helped find the podcast and you helped, you know, you watched the Davina documentary and you've you've both learned yeah, together, yeah, haven't yeah, you, about the yeah. menopause as a couple you've learned. Well, it's, you know, it's funny, you know, it's funny, you know, because I listen to lots of, I, I'm, a, I'm a big radio fan and Sharon's a big television fan and we both sit in separate rooms and she watches her Netflix and anything I suggest to her, she completely ignores me. So, I, you know, I'm really into Christopher Richard. Oh, I've listened to this Christopher Richard. You've got to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she never does. But when I suggested the, the, the Effing Hormones podcast, she did. So I kind of felt like I'd won, you know what I mean? She's finally listening to me that I've, something <laughs> I, I've recommended. Because I love putting people onto things, whether it be soul music, whether it be hip-hop or something I've found or a book or a poem or whatever or a film, you know. And nobody ever takes any notice of me. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's poor. But for once in, in our relationship, she went, OK, I'll listen to that. And I was like, yeah, I've won. <laughs> <laughs> So what have what have you learned, JB, while while you were doing your reading and you've been watching documentaries? What have you learned as a as a guy that you can do to help the woman in your life, to help Sharon, or to what, what would you suggest to other guys? Well, I, I would definitely suggest to, to other men, and I have done actually with colleagues at work and and friends, is to is to find is to you know research it and understand it. Don't pay it lip service because it's very very serious and it's real. It's not something that you can just, there's no magic wand, there's no magic pill. That's the worrying thing. You know, some illnesses, you can take a tablet, you can take some medication and, and it's gone in probably no time. With menopause, you know, and there's so many different variations as well. Listening to Sharon and listening to some of the different ones on the podcast that I've listened to, there's different um, ailments and different conditions and I think it's just understanding and, and taking the time. And if you generally, if you love somebody, you've got to support them through it, I think. 
Oh, give the man it. Give, give the man it. Yes. yes. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Well, thank God. I, we want I, more I men to listen that, to the I do think the baby's little cry was perfect timing then. At <laughs> the end of my deal. So I've had to put her on the floor because she was wriggling and screaming so much. But the, dis- the disco lights have distracted her. Nobody puts so baby good. on the floor. <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in the corner. So listen, we've we've heard you know about how how tough it's been and like how you've you know how much you've learned and how you've supported each other. Talk to me about like. You know, because you do make each other laugh. You are a really great couple and you can still see that, like, the strength that you've got between you and the love that you've got between you. How do you make each other laugh? Well, he's... I'll be honest with you now. She hates me. (laughs) (laughs) She will after this. (laughs) To be honest with you, I mean, one of the biggest struggles is Jonathan has got a very um, strong sex drive, let's say. So mine's completely gone, that's it. But I just have to politely remind him why it is called the menopause. I've paused. Oh, men. Brilliant. That deserves That's a really round good. of applause as well. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. very funny. I, that, that's another one I'm going to nick for a future performance show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's been many a times when, obviously with Sharon going what she's going through, she will question um, how I'm feeling, even though she's in a bad place. And she'll say, you know, um, do you still love me? And th- there's a lot of that, you know, there's that, uh, you, you need constant affirmation, same as myself. But we do laugh occasionally because she'll say, uh, you know, we're not having sex. And, and she gets that. She'll, but then she'll say, how come I'm finding lots of odd socks in the washing? <laughs> <laughs> And I just go, oh. and, I, and I just go, uh, I, I, I just say, I've got a Veruca. I've got a Veruca, so I can only wear one sock. Have you reverted back to being 13, JB? <laughs> I know, that's what I was going to say. It must be like having a teenager back in the house, Sharon. <laughs> it's not my fault the socks get messed up. I'm so naive, it took me a little while to work out what you were talking about then, JB, to be honest. Oh, that is funny. That's what I think about very often. <laughs> No, but joking aside, this is a really important issue for a lot of people because, I mean, it's scary. I don't know the exact statistics, but it is scary how many couples yeah. do split yeah, up ima- at the time imagine, of yeah. menopause because, you know, one doesn't understand the other and one person yeah. is not the same as they used to be. So, you know, you can understand why couples end up splitting up. So, you know, perhaps we need some more t- tips and techniques for how people yeah, can stay together yeah. through menopause from you guys. For, for us, I think... We're quite lucky because we've got lots of things to do. You know, we fill our lives with things. So we've got lots of hobbies that we share together. You know, we've got a great, huge love of radio and music. And so, we, you know, you tend to lean on those a little bit more because it, and I know, you know, there's a huge debate, isn't there, about how important sex is within a partnership. There's, there's lots of people that talk about it and it is very, very important and we acknowledge that. But, you know, I am pretty serious when I have paused from men and I don't know what it is, it's a mental blockage, but I just, you know, I just can't. I just, I just cannot do it. <laughs> and so I've had to explain that to her and it's not because I don't fancy him anymore. It's got nothing to do with, you know, me having an affair. I couldn't be bothered. And so there's, there's all of these things. And now we've got to a comfortable place, really, where we've both got this understanding. But now we'll, we will have some naughty time. But it'll be, you know, maybe once every couple of weeks. We'll make it special. When? 
You're on a promise, John. <laughs> you know, if you have a look at the calendar again, he's looking at his watch. There, can, he's can, like, "What?" Can you? Sorry, can you send, can you send me an Outlook calendar invite, please? And I'll accept. <laughs> when did we get this call? <laughs> Shared diary. You two are absolutely amazing. I'm so glad you're on. Thank you. Honestly, it's brilliant. You know what? It's brilliant to be able to talk about this because it's hard. No, like, it's not that, Helen. That's the problem. Yeah, well, there's that as well from Tish. Dumb Tish. Um, Brilliant. But, you know, it's a hard subject to talk about, though, isn't it? You know? It is. And I think I think couples don't like to admit that. Effing Hormones. Making it okay to talk about. By talking about it. Have you had those moments again where you've where you've felt low even after sort of starting on HRT and 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 how have you dealt with as well as HRT have you done anything else to sort of help with that kind of mental health and anxiety and and everything that got you that low? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty rubbish at self love, you know. And you, you hear these wonderful women that go to yoga camps and you know go to spas and all of this business. I, I it's too much of a do for me I, I, you know I just I'm, I'm one of these people that just get on with it um, and actually that's caught up with me to be honest Terry so you know I have to I have to sometimes take time out but the the lows and the downs they they're they're still there but they're they're doable you know and it's and I can just think yeah I'm just having a pretty down day today but it's not mm that real depth of real deep anxiety and actually an absolute will to kill myself because that's how I felt. I was, you know, really planning it. And I don't feel like that anymore. I just feel as if I'm I'm strong enough. I'm still, I'm about 70% battery life when it comes to my original strength. And that's enough to get me through a bad day, you know. But I'm a lot happier. I've, you know, we, 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 it doesn't take over my life anymore. It doesn't define me anymore. In fact, I actually control it more as well. And that's not just the HRT. It is listening to podcasts like this. Yeah. It is talking to my husband. That's been an absolute power of strength because of his understanding. Um, and it is that hot bath on a night to treat yourself now and again. And it's just those little things all together. But ultimately as well, Work is on my side. I've talked about how important my work is. And, you know, they were really reactive with Davina's um, documentaries. Two days later, that was it. They had a menopause policy. That's amazing. You know, they were there. And now we've got wow. a, a group of ladies, not too dissimilar to me, all different journeys, who are in the college. And we, you know, the, we meet up and we talk about it and we share those ideas um, and our thoughts and our feelings. I share an office full of men, head of construction, head of engineering, and I talk about my menopause opening now. I would never have dreamed of doing that a few years ago. Amazing. I'll say, oh, hang on a minute, guys, hot flush, hot flush coming in. And and it's opened up a debate because these lads are the same age as me and they're saying, my my wife is going through this. And I'll say, listen to this podcast, listen to this, get your wife to do this, get your wife... And they'll come back and they'll say, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'll say, you've got to realise what your wives are going through. So I'm actually the voice of the wives as well at work. You'll, you'll be saving their relationships though, won't you? That's brilliant. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, because of the work um, policies as well, that openness of conversation, HRT, 
husband who's luckily supportive and understanding and believe you me we're not perfect we've had our battles we've Mm. had some screaming matches it's not all rosy you know but we we've gone through that difficult journey and we we, you know what we've we're settled now we're happy with it that's so great to hear well done guys amazing so sharon did you say you're deputy head of a school yes yeah and funnily enough i went through that promotion at the height of my pretty much building up to to depression and anxiety and everything else so that was a challenge going through those you know interviews while while you were doing such a such an important job would you would you have spoken to any i mean i know that um there's a campaign to try and get it on the curriculum menopause would you have spoken to any students or would you have ever felt empowered enough to say to the to the kids look I'm just having a really bad day or I'm having brain fog or any of that could you ever see yourself doing that to a class full of kids yeah I do actually because all all of my students majority of them are female anyway because I still teach um so and you know they're all from the age of 18 to 35, 40, because they're all degree level students. And I openly talk about it, you know, because the brain fog is a real thing. And, you know, students will say to me, oh, Sharon, you know, um, did you remember this? And I'll go, girls, brain fog, menopause, sorting it now. And they'll, you know, and they're with me with that journey. I'll say, you're going to go through this, ladies. You know, let's talk about it. That's so good, Sharon. So just talking. Yeah. I think it's that's I think that's such a big thing isn't it the next generation because one of our I think on our first episode we were like why didn't our mums tell us and I suppose a lot of the kids um that the 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 people you're teaching probably have females in their family going through menopause or have maybe recently been through it they're at an age so um I wish I'd had a better understanding of my mum's menopause when she went through it um, as a teenager, because you know, can you imagine like you're menopausal and you've got teenage kids just being teenagers? And I imagine it's quite and 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 probably like aging parents yeah. as well. So the whole gamut of it's all a winning crazy. combination. Um, and that, and then I guess as an individual, like people who are just sort of struggling just to even figure out what's going on with their own bodies. Yeah, I mean the the average age for a first child is what thirty three, thirty four now. So we're going to have quite a few menopausal ladies with teenage mm. children or children starting to enter, you know, university. You know, it's it's a powder keg, isn't it? It's it's something yeah. that we need to prepare for and, you know, support each other. And that starts at a very, very young age. I can remember being at a primary school and we had the period talk at primary oh, God, school, yeah. you know, when I was 10, 11. But there's no mention of, the continuation of the female mm. bodily change as we get older. And that should be a big part of our curriculum, you know, and we're missing a big point there. Um, so we're preparing for the inevitable that's going to happen in a few years' time as teenage girls. But what happens after that? And what happens after that? We have, we have mm. you know, biology classes on giving birth and, you know, how where babies come from. But what, what happens after that, you know? I mean, we barely had that, to be fair, when I was a teenager, about, like, you know, they were still talking about storks dropping them from the sky kind of thing. I went to a convent school. We didn't have sex education. Well, really? <laughs> well, that's because you guys didn't have sex, did you, Terry? <laughs> no, we were, we were, we were too good. We were, we were going to be nuns or we were going to be married. I feel an effing woman school tour coming on. That's what we need. Our, se- our sex education classes were done in the bike sheds. I don't know about anybody else's. <laughs> Did, did they involve? Did it involve socks? Yeah, 
not required at the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sharon, you said that you you're like on seventy percent battery power these days. How are you? How are you adjusting to the kind of new you? And and how are you feeling about? yourself as because they call it the change but we do change how are you feeling about that and how are you coming to get into grips with the new you it's a bit of a grieving process you know it's you're never going to get it back i don't think but what you have to do is you you've got to be uh, you've just got to be more creative with the way you organize your life i think and you've got to accept that sometimes you just have to step back a little bit you know rather than I've always lived in the fast lane, always. Um, you know, everything that I do is very, very quick and I've had to just take a step back and just, you know, just breathe a little bit, I think. And I don't know if that's because of the way I am personally, it's my own characteristics, but I've just had to take mm -hmm. things just that little bit slower. Mm -hmm. um, I think the 70% the battery also represents my, my ability to be able to think quickly. You know, I'm constantly forgetting words still. Um, I can remember I was, t I, was uh, I needed a blooming ruler the other day. So I said to the student, one of, one of my students, I went, um, can you just pass me that long thing? <laughs> and she went, and because they all know that I'm going through menopause, she went, ruler, Sharon, yeah. rain fog again. Yeah. I went, yes, just pass me the ruler. <laughs> you know, and it's ridiculous. Oh. It's so horrible though, isn't it? These are words we've had in our brain for like 50 years yeah, and it's like, yeah. where have they gone, for fuck's sake? It's so frustrating when it happens, isn't it? I so identify with you, Sharon, about that living life in the fast lane mm. and having to slow, you know, having to slow down, because yeah. that's how I've been. It's, it's not I really, easy. really identify with yeah. you on that score. Mm. Listen, I want, to hear, I want to hear JB's poem. What do you think, girls? Yeah, bring it on. Yes, please. Yeah, Let's hear it. I think we might cry, though. That's the only thing. We've had loads of laughter, and now we're going to be... Uh, Are you ready for it? I've got it here. It's so good. Are you okay? Ready, right, it goes like this. When the one you love is broken and the tools in your box can't fix, when words are left unspoken behind barriers built with bricks on bricks, when the one you love falls down and you're stuck on what to do, when a feigned smile sits under frown in a persistent shade of blue, when the one you love just cries and feels all hope has gone. When tear-soaked eyes create a guise to try and simply soldier on. When the one you love feels numb and bereft of any cause. When you have to shun all that's fun. That's the menopause. Oh my gosh. Ooh. There you go. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Listen, JB, you, you sent that to us like earlier in the summer and uh, we weren't able to get it on because it was right at the end of series two that you sent us that poem. And, but you put that on social media, didn't you? Tell us what happened and, and the kind of response that you had and who, who came back to you about it as well. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, but I'm always very conscious because I'm, I'm very fridge like jazz hands me with, with me poetry. Everybody is who's in this, who's in this game. <laughs> but I didn't write that for that purpose. I wrote it for Sharon, but I did put it on Twitter. But, I mean, I think the biggest um, effect was when Davina retweeted it. No way, did of, she? Simply because of her audience. I didn't know that. Yeah, she did, did yeah. She? And, and, yeah, somebody else tagged her in. I, I would never have tagged her in, but somebody tagged her in and then she retweeted it. So then... Wow, I didn't know but that. But then that, uh, that will always happen. 
It, it, wow. It, it's, it's simply because of the size of her audience and, and, and it works for her because, and, and, she, and I presume she would have tweeted it because she liked it because of course she would, but I didn't do it for that. So I was very, I was very conscious of, I didn't want to monopolize on Sharon's struggles, uh, but I wrote it from the heart. Do you know what I mean? Some poets would, they would just go, I'm going to write that because that's a really good subject. So I might get a few hits out of it. And I hate that. Do you know what I mean? And there's a danger of falling into that category. No, it's, I mean, listen, it's so clear that that came, that came, that was so heartfelt. I mean, how did you feel, Sharon, when, when, when he wrote you that poem? I started crying. <laughs> Aww. Aww, because surprised. it just, it basically, it, it was, it represented everything that I was going through. You know, I could deal with the physical changes. I just couldn't deal with that mental change. That's the hardest, hardest battle for me. That's what I found really difficult. And that that poem says it all, really. So, yeah, it was fantastic. And, you know, it, I, I read some of the comments uh, when it was retweeted, and a lot of those comments were from men. They were, yeah, you true. Know, yeah. 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 yeah, this there is There were lots of need. men sharing it, which I thought was fantastic. Mm. That's what I was going to say, because when, when you first posted it, there were so many guys commenting, and I was like, this is so good. Uh, well, they were, they were saying, I'm, I, I, that's me. They were saying, that, that's me. That's my wife. That's our, and, and it was almost like, without saying it, I could feel they were thinking, nobody's said that before. There's me, a blokey lad, barber coat, Deedus trainers, on stage, shoulders back, shouting and swearing, sunglasses poem. And suddenly this guy, you know, who they who they link with the average football, even though I'm not, you know, the football, I'm not a football hooligan, but that, that's the persona they perceive because they see me on stage. Suddenly, it's a bit like when I wrote the mental health poem. It was, it was like, oh, wow, where's that come from? You know, people don't see what's really within you. They only see the persona that, that they see on stage. And it was really nice because it was men. Sharon's absolutely right. It was a lot of men were, were commenting and sharing it. And I think what it shows to us is that there is so much need, really, for men to be educated about the menopause as much as women are, as we've discovered through this podcast. You know, men really need to know what's going on, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, not not just men, but just partners <laughs> who might not have to go through that menopause. Just partners, important. Yeah. Just a quick one for you, Sharon. What would you have liked JB to know when when you were going through your all the emotions and the anxiety of, of Perry and menopause that you couldn't sort of vocalise at the time that you know now looking back? So so for example, if there are other people listening, other couples listening, straight couples, what you know, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, it was difficult for me because I'm not very good at talking about my emotions anyway. You know, I never have been. JB is very good at talking about his emotions. He's quite a sensitive guy. So, you know, if he's, if he's feeling down, he's not afraid to cry or, or anything like that. If we watch Repair Shop, for example, he would cry and I would pass the tissues. You know, it's that type of relationship. But if I, if I could say, I wish what I'd said earlier to JB, rather than going through that journey on my own, that mental journey, because I did hide it from him, was to say... Basically, there's something wrong. I'm not coping. It's definitely not you. It is something wrong with me and I need some help. You know, I think it's just that open dialogue just to say I need some help. And for me to ask for help, it's a big thing because it's it just not in my nature. I just think, oh, just crack on with it. You know, I, I, you know, I was embarrassed for JB to see how bad I was. I was, I was a mess. I was on the floor, 
you know, I can remember walking to the garage because he's obsessed with his garage. So I went to see him, you know, and I just fell on the floor, on the cold floor and said, I just can't, I, I can't do this. You know, so I think it's just been very honest with each other, very open um, and, and just keep it real between each other and, and, and ask for help. That's what you need to do. And try and avoid shouting matches because that's what happens. Well, you don't love me anymore and we don't have sex anymore and, you know, and all of this scenario. It doesn't, it doesn't work. So if there is any men out there that are listening, you know, this is not an easy journey for us. Please just take a step back. Your wives still love you. They still mm. think you're sexy. It's just that we need to pause from men and just get stronger again. That's it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, Great advice, Sharon. Amazing. Amazing. You guys are both absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Sharon, what you said there was so poetic as well. I feel like there's a poem in that, to be honest. Yeah. Mm, I know. Catching it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> JB, JB's not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. I feel like we need to commission one with the words Enya in it. No, no. That's not going to happen. Enya bike. Enya bike. Listen, guys. We, we absolutely love you. We think you're absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us on Effing Hormones. Yay, big Woo! cheers for JB and Sharon. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> JB and Sharon, thank you. You are absolutely awesome. A massive thank you for appearing on Effing Hormones. And who would have thought that we'd be here talking about this so openly just a couple of years after we first started recording? Here is to busting that taboo <laughs> game. Thank you. Do you, think, do you think we should send them some socks in the post? <laughs> <laughs> they clearly need some. Spare ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm never going to think about socks in the same way. Yeah, Christmas stocking fillers. Oh, dear. Exactly, Christmas stockings. <laughs> Behave, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Right, time to be sensible for one moment because Helen's got an important message for everyone, Yes, you? thank you so much to everybody who's contributed to our GoFundMe page so far. We really appreciate it. It helps keep effing hormones going. If you are able to chuck us a couple of quid, if you've enjoyed what you've heard and you'd like to hear more, then do go to effinghormones.com. Scroll down a little bit. You'll see a little box that says be an effing star. Click on the star and that will take you to our GoFundMe page. Even just a couple of quid here and there would be absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Helen. And that is it for this episode of Effing Hormones. We will see you again in about a month. So big love to all of you from the gang. Bye. 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 Bye.